G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. Coming at you on a Thursday, Arvo, a bit uh, later in the week than I planned on recording this pod, but I think I'll return to a Wednesday night schedule moving forward. Got Wednesday nights free now to C-grade basketball is over. Yeah, that's right, I'm a C-grade athlete, I'm proud of it, so... Coming at you Thursday, a couple of other uh, things got in the way of me sitting down last night, but I want to get into the habit of recording another weekly podcast that chews through a couple of the trending topics in the sporting world, go through a bit of AFL fantasy stuff. Obviously, the teams for round two have just dropped, so I'll kind of chop them up and dissect all the ins and outs, and there's a lot of red dots popping up on people's fields. Um, Go through a bit of the rookie stuff. I do my dream team talk rookie article each week now for the traders boys on their own site so i'll kind of break that down each week in this weekly pod and like i said touch on the uh, trending topics going on around the sporting world so without further ado let's dive into today's episode before i chat about fantasy footy i want to talk about some american footy so i'm going to dive into a bit of nfl stuff and mainly i want to talk about the tyreek hill trade if you don't know tyreek hill is arguably the most entertaining player in the nfl that's not a quarterback to watch he's an elite wide receiver one of the fastest players in the game so you kind of wonder why a team would want to get rid of a bloke like that but as i woke up this morning like every other casual NFL fan in Australia found out that Tyreek Hill has been traded from the Chiefs and he is heading to the Miami Dolphins. Bit of a weird move, like I said, for the Chiefs to ditch him. I don't understand why a team in the championship window would get rid of Hill, but he's set to make a lot of dough and freeing up a bit of salary cap space by ditching Tyreek Hill makes some sense in my eyes. When he was flicked, Miami agreed to give Tyreek Hill a four-year, $120 million deal. So not exactly chump change, making him the highest-paid uh, non-quarterback, in, uh, highest-paid player who's not a quarterback in the NFL. And they gave up a bit of draft capital to get him. They gave up pick 29 and 50 this year, a fourth-rounder, and then two picks late in 2023. Not exactly a haul for, again, one of the blokes who's meant to be the fastest, most dangerous weapons in the entire league and a huge get for Miami. But I think it's probably going to be viewed as a win-win for both parties. The Chiefs have their own offensive weapons, guys like um, Travis Kelsey. He's obviously elite. They've got some other speedsters. McCall Hardman springs to mind. So they're not going to struggle. And with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, you know, he can kind of make up for a lot of the shortcomings. Huge get for Miami, though. They now have Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill as two real dangerous vertical threats in that passing attack that, could be used by uh, Tua Tagovailoa under centre and for the Dolphins. Um, it be interesting to see if they keep adding to their offensive depth chart. I think they signed Raheem Mostert in the offseason as well, a couple of other bits and pieces. So weird trade, but I kind of see it does make sense. Tidbit number two, I want to talk about the NBA MVP ladder. So there is now less than 10 games remaining for pretty much every team in the league. One team may have 11, one team may have 10 left, but getting to the pointy end of the season, I reckon on Monday night, JLo and I will sit down and we'll talk about our all NBA picks. Probably won't dive into the defensive teams and the rookie teams, but I'll get his verdict on a couple of the awards. And the MVP award is the one that everyone 
pays attention to and wants to know about the most, right? So it comes down in my eyes to a two-horse race between Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. I don't think any of them are going to be dethroned, even if Giannis goes on to win the next 10 games and have a massive spike in his numbers. He's probably third in the race, in my opinion. But Jokic and Embiid have like near identical records. You could maybe make the case for Embiid playing in a quote-unquote stronger conference. It's the first time I've said that in a while about the East. But when you dial it back and you talk about what the MVP is about, a lot of the time people choose a narrative and they add fuel to a fire for a contender for whatever reason. But if you just think about the most valuable player award, he who is the most valuable player in the league? Who was the most valuable player to their team this year? It's easily Nikola Jokic, right? No offense to Joel Embiid, who will clearly be number two. And in the updated MVP ladder, like I said on last pod, I've got him 1A and 1B. It's that close between the two. But Jokic is the winner. He has clearly been the most valuable player this season for his franchise. They've been missing Jamal Murray for the entire year. You can pretty much say they've been missing Michael Porter Jr. for the entire year. So for a team to lose its second and third best players and then still to have the season that Denver's had at the time of recording, they're still hovering in and out the edge of that play-in game. They're 43 and 30, so and the sixth seed at the moment, battling with Minnesota. And Jokic has done a mountain of work to keep him in that spot. So not very often that blokes go back-to-back in the MVP award, but I think Nikola Jokic deserves to this year. Ash Barty's the third talking point, and boy, oh boy, was her retirement uh, a surprise. So Ash Barty, the world number one tennis player from hailing from Australia, retires a three-time Grand Slam champ. Little known fact, she actually has a doubles Grand Slam win on her resume, and she made the finals of every major in doubles and in singles. Don't reckon there's too many athletes in the world that can say that. Shocking decision for Barty to pull the pin on what we thought was going to be an illustrious career moving forward. She just won the Australian Open a couple of months ago. She's the world number one, has held that title on and off for the last three years. I can't see why she'd want to retire unless she wants to pursue another sporting career. Who knows? She may be lining up for the Tigers in the uh, AFLW, but I don't know. Whatever Barty chooses to do after tennis, good on her. She's kind of become a bit of an Australian icon with her small but infamous run through the tennis world does deserve a lot of credit for the achievements she's uh, brought up at the age of 25 got me thinking about other athletes who retired at their peak a lot of the nfl guys before my time maybe jim brown barry sanders you could talk about megatron calvin johnson he retired somewhat early andrew luck in a similar boat obviously the most infamous bloke who you can't say retired at his peak but the most infamous footballer in Tom Brady, he retired and then quickly changed his mind. Michael Jordan obviously did a similar thing. There's no example that springs to mind of an AFL player doing it. Pretty interesting, but shout out to Ash Barty. She deserves all the accolades she's getting this week and all the love in the so, on the social media. I don't think she'll pull a Jordan or a Brady and come back to the uh, tennis court, but who knows? Number four, let's talk about superhuman Sam Walsh. So this bloke apparently suffered a syndesmosis injury. We've seen a lot of players over the past 18 months, two years, miss multiple months. Clearly Sam Walsh is uh, immune to injury and is a freak of nature because he's making his return. By the time you're listening to this, you might even be 
aware of uh, the result of Thursday night footy between the Blues and the Dogs. Be very interested in uh, the outcome of that match. There's been a lot of people get on the Carlton bandwagon after their successes last week. They seem to be on fire right now. There's nothing going wrong, with the exception of maybe Adam Chera missing through COVID protocols. I asked JLo if he thinks they're top eight material. At the moment, you could honestly flip a coin. It's tough to gauge how far Carlton will go this year off one win in round one and one preseason W as well. So their efforts tonight against the reigning grand final contender in the Western Bulldogs would be very, very interesting. Who'd shout out though, Sam Walsh, a lot of people would have bullish on him in AFL Fantasy Classic and he would have slid down the order in a lot of draft leagues because we thought he was going to be out for, I don't know, five, six plus weeks of the AFL season. But we're at round two and Walsh is back on the park. Speaking of injured blokes, last one, number five, Zion Williamson. All the news and all the reports and all the Twitter uh, blog posts that I've clicked on recently indicate that Zion's going to be shut down for the rest of the season and he's not playing anymore for the Pels, which is a bummer because I would have liked to have seen them make a late charge towards one of those play-in game spots with him in uniform. As it stands right now, they are number 10 and they're just barely holding on to a lead over the Spurs. So they might enter the play-in game calculations. It doesn't seem like Zion's going to be there for those games. But I do need to question why all the reports indicate that he's going to be shut down if all the stuff that's going around the internet includes viral clips of Zion dunking at the moment. I posted something on my Insta story the other day of a off the backboard between the legs dunk he threw down. I saw another video this morning of him working out with New Orleans staff and he was dunking then. So if he really is that hurt, why has Dusty, uh, Dusty, why has Zion been ruled out already? It is a puzzling trait, and I do wonder where Zion's head and heart is at. Clearly, he just doesn't want to play for the Pelicans. Understandably, he's had clashes and he's been in the news for all sorts of reasons. He was going to have surgery in the offseason, then had another surgery they didn't talk about, didn't reach out to CJ McCollum, his new teammates. And there's been bits and pieces that are going on the entire season about Zion's non-commitment to the city of New Orleans. If I'm a rival NBA team, I'm lining up and getting my assets in order to potentially make a bid at this bloke. He has got a lot of injury history, and I do want to proceed with caution if I'm an NBA franchise. But knock, knock, New York Knicks, if you're sitting at, where are they at the moment? I think they're about the ninth best odds in the draft you probably want to start tanking a couple of games, resting Julius Randle like they did the other day to see if you can improve your draft lottery odds and make sure that you can have as many tantalizing assets as possible to make a run at this prodigious talent. Zion, when he's on the court, he's arguably a top 15 talent, top 20 talent in the entire game. And there's no reason if he gets a string of games together, why he can't keep that reputation up and emerge as one of the best players in the entire league. Maybe he is injury prone and we won't see him build a continuous NBA career, but it seems like all reports indicate he doesn't want to be in New Orleans. So if someone could take him out of that scenario, I'd definitely be tempted as a GM. Be very interesting to see what happens over the off season with Zion. He's, I think, about to sign his potential qualifying offer and enter his fourth year in the league. So very interesting times with Zion moving forwards. Rightio, let's talk a bit of fantasy footy before I wrap up today's pod. Bit of carnage at team selections. Obviously, a lot of people knew that we were going to be without Sam DeConning. He's concussed 
and isn't isn't uh, playing. But Nick Martin, the everyone's favourite talking point after last round, the five goal, twenty seven disposal superstar who earned the Rising Star nomination, he's also out. He's in health and safety COVID protocols, which throws a massive spatter in the works for fantasy teams. I did a little bit of shuffling to bring him onto my field. And obviously that's uh, going to need to be reversed and sorted out. His teammate Kane Baldwin was dropped to no huge surprise for coaches. Uh, Jake Saligo from the Crows and Michito Owens from St Kilda. Both of them were victims of the axe as well. So there's a lot of those rookie picks that coaches might've started the year with that have fallen by the wayside. Just when we thought things couldn't get worse in the back line as well. Wayne Miller is out, which is a bit of a bummer. And Justin McInerney, who I talked about trading on Monday. I don't think I'm going to get rid of Matty Crouch to turn McInerney into Aaron Hall. But McInerney probably won't survive this week. He scored 43. He's got a break even at 92. And he's not playing this week. So see you later, bloke. You can get out of my bloody side. There was some positive news. We saw that Sam Skinner is a confirmed debutant, which is great. Gives us a versatile mid uh, defender forward. Probably not a fieldable player, meaning you can't start him on your D6 or F6 or something like that. But some coaches might not have a lot of choice. There was a bit of carnage with regards to health and safety protocols for the WA teams as well. Like I talked about, Nick Martin's out, Adam Chera's out, but Frio and West Coast were hit pretty heavily as well. West Coast are going to be missing Tommy Barras, Jack Redden, Zach Langdon, Josh Kennedy, and Isaiah Winder, who was the last week's unused sub. So that paves the way for a couple of blokes to make their return. Some prestigious names like Liam Ryan, Luke Shuey, Tim Kelly, Alex Witherden. But Stefan Giro and Declan Mountford do crack the extended bench for West Coast. I don't think I'd want to be trading one of them in. Their team is obviously going every which way at the moment. That's a bit risky. And like I said, Frio were struck down with their own issues. Brennan Cox and David Mundy are being held out. And there's rumours that Luke Ryan could be in that boat as well. I'm pretty sure he's Coxie's housemate. So, yeah, troubling times with regards to COVID protocols. I don't think we've seen the last of this stuff. And obviously, as we know, Aaliyah Elia is out for Port Adelaide injured. Uh, Jackson Mead, he was omitted. Robbie Gray's out injured. I'm just going through a bit of the list now. There's Tr- Trent Bianco's probably not rolling in a ton of sides. Uh, Angus Sheldrick, who some coaches may have rolled the dice with on their bench, does throw a spanner into the works for a lot of coaches' bench players. And obviously that is where we want to try and generate a lot of cash, especially early in the season. If those guys aren't green dots, I can see why you might just want to use your trades to patch up some holes, but be careful with the blokes you're trading in. Obviously there's some you want to try and nab and stick with and a couple you might want to avoid. Again, Sam Skinner, I think he's the number one rookie target at the moment for this week. Defender forward status, Alira Alir appears to be sitting on the sidelines for quite a while. We didn't see Josh Sin get a berth. I'd probably rank him higher than Skinner, especially if you're playing him on his field. But Skinner's a good pick. Hopefully he can string a couple of games together and generate some dosh for us. He cracked the top five rotation in my Dream Team article. He was the third best defender rookie. Joel Smith is generating a bit of love for the Demons. He's probably the only other cheap bloke floating around, not named Paddy McCartan. I assume most people listening to this have Paddy McCartan in your side. If not, that's probably where I'd steer my trades towards, especially if you need someone on the field. But it's pretty dire down back. In the midfield, Nick Dacos, Horn Francis, they're probably still sitting on the field for a lot of coaches. 
along with Josh Ward, who has been named for the Hawks, despite the fact that he was reportedly under an injury cloud. We didn't know if he was going to still be going. I think he was just a bit banged up. The Hawks did say that he was hurt late in the game and he might have tweaked his ankle, but I wouldn't be drastically uh, getting rid of Ward or doing anything crazy like that. Again, he was third in my uh, top five rookie rankings, along with Connor McDonald, his teammate, who held his spot. So hopefully you've got a couple of those guys that are one of them sitting on your bench, most of them that I mentioned on your field. If you've got the likes of Saligo, Owens, Sheldrick, might be time to move on. Brady Hoff kept his spot, but I think as soon as West Coast's healthy, he might get the axe as well. So there's nothing wrong with potentially chasing someone with midfield status who's named, but it is a bit dicey if you go for like a Stefan Giro or a Declan Mountford and they do get dropped straight away. One of the moves I'm looking at doing is potentially shuffling my team around and making some swaps so that I can get one of the mid forwards in my forward line into the midfield to cover the absence of a couple of cats. So maybe you might want to go down a similar route. Jack Hayes, he is another player who's coming onto the field for a couple of players. Ruck forward who hit triple figures last week. Don't expect him to do the same thing again this weekend, but who knows? Stranger things have happened. I am big on Hayes sticking in St Kilda's side, though. I kind of made the case for him as St Kilda's R2, not necessarily fantasy coaches R2, for the bulk of the season. We know that Brett Ratton does love a bit of Paddy Ryder action, though, so it'll be interesting to watch that space and see who holds onto their spot. Hopefully, Hayes can have another strong game and hold his place in the team, but I don't think there's any other Ruckman out there from a rookie perspective that excite me. Sam Hayes isn't going to get named anytime soon unless Lysette goes down, it appears. And Hugh Dixon didn't score great. Might keep his spot on the side, but yeah, nah, not my cup of tea. Up forwards, obviously Nick Martin out throws a lot of coaches into flux and they'll be shuffling their teams around a bit. Nothing wrong with grabbing Tristan Cherry if you are one of those coaches. In my opinion, he was the third best forward from last weekend, other than Josh Rochelle, who, again, is in over 60% of teams and sitting at F5, F4, F6 for a lot of coaches. But Cherry, or Xeri, as he's commonly known, had a nice fantasy role. He was around the pill quite a bit. Didn't exactly amass a shitload of hitouts, but I think you can afford to trade him in. And if, for example, you've got someone like Nick Martin, you may be able to have Cherry floating around and him being a F6 for a week or so. He's going to get ruck status in the near future. That'll be very helpful. Obviously, he's kind of paving his way into the future ruck for North Melbourne. Only had 10 touches, three marks, three tackles on the weekend, which doesn't exactly light the scoreboard on fire. But if you can get 50s or 60s, you can't complain too much. There are a couple of other mid-priced, you could say, or expensive cash cows like Paddy Nash. Willie Rioli is someone who I've thrown a bit of a bit of love towards. Tyson Stengel does concern me. I don't think he'll get seven shots on goal every week. But if you're in desperate, dire need, you might want to go down that pathway. Finn McGuinness is another one from Hawks. Yeah, I'm humming and harring, but I don't think you can trade in a lot of those blokes. They're probably one bad game away from being shown the door and being axed as well. From a rookie cash cow standpoint, like I said, I think Skinner is the top target this week. Nick Martin would have been number two if he wasn't playing. But you've got to try and patch up a lot of those red dots on your bench with blokes that are playing, being careful at the same time that you don't just sub in a like for like, meaning if you get Saligo out of your team for Declan Mountford, who I coached in uh, year eight 
grammar basketball. Shout out to Deckers. Congrats on uh, potentially getting a gig this week, mate. Uh, don't think he's going to light it up and cement a spot in that West Coast outfit as well. I haven't seen Stefan Giro's price yet. He'll probably come into the game overnight, but he has chewed up a couple of games for the Dockers in the past, so I doubt he'll be basement price, which does leave yeah coaches in a bit of a tricky position for their trades. Me, I am still uh, trying to figure out what I'm doing with 20 minutes until partial lockout. I'll probably sleep on it. I don't have a lot of Bulldogs or Carlton players that will dictate my moves this week and I've got a lot of other green dots on my field so it's just really going to be trying to figure out how I'm replacing Nick Martin and Justin McInerney on my field worst case scenario if I want to I could try and patch up some of those non-playing rookies and suck up having a score from someone like Skinner or Durden this week because I do like a lot of my team I know I threw uh, Matty Crouch under the bus on Monday's pod, but the bloke's going to get one more week I know he only played 66% of game time and did get 30 touches as JLo pointed out, I am a big Matty Crouch fan, so he gets a couple of weeks more uh, leeway for, to impress me. Rightio, that's going to do it. Another quick fire Sports by Fry episode. Again, this will probably be done Wednesday nights moving forward, so I won't have team selection news to roll with, but I'll find five trending topics each week around the grounds. By the time you listen to this next one, the NBA season will nearly be done. We'll have a little bit more info after another weekend of fantasy action that JLo and I on Monday will unpack. And I'm sure there'll be more moves in the NFL that I want to uh, put my two cents in with as well. So thanks for tuning in to this episode. Till next time, chippy you windy.